I'm sitting there just talking to a woman and she's like, I need stuff for Shabbat. I'm like, Kiddush cup candlesticks, please. Whatever speaks to you and makes you happy, please take it. And she was looking at the that holla cover. And I was like, I don't have a long story about this cover, but let me tell you about this holla cover. Women embroidered this in, in a Jewish community in Bulgaria. And then my friend carried it for her parents. And now it's going to you. And she was just like, she just had goosebumps herself and just loved it. You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2023. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching. We're talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast with me, your host, Karen Cinnamon. How are you doing? I hope you're enjoying this beautiful summer's day wherever you are in the world. It is boiling hot here in London. We have had beautiful sunshine. Long may it continue. I hope it's the same wherever you are in the world. And if not, this is a ray of sunshine of a podcast for you. It is. I wanted to bring on, well, we've had a few episodes where I've brought on members of my beautiful Jewish community, Smashing Life. If you don't know, we have an app, our own private safe space app called Smashing Life. It's a inclusive, warm community for Jewish women where we empower one another and connect, make meaningful friendships, have a good time, meet online, offline. And it's just a beautiful community. community. You should join if you're not already a member, just go to smashinglife.club if you want to join. And you'll meet people like Emily Scheinfeld, who's my guest today. She is a beloved member of the Smashing Life community. And I just wanted to bring her on to chat about her own Jewish life. As I said, she's an absolute ray of sunshine. She's contributed so much to our community. And it's just such an honor to have her come on here. So what do we talk about? Everything from figuring out how to take charge of your own Jewishness as an adult, to saying no to Jewish guilt. She also talks about how she started an incredible nonprofit called Ladorvador Judaica, which is a nonprofit focused on rehoming unloved Judaica. And for instance, she used the Smashing Life community to crowdsource a name. Hey, there's so many lovely touch points about Smashing Life you'll hear in the episode. But most importantly, what I love about this episode is hearing how Smashing Life helped Emily bring Judaism back to the forefront of her life after many years of disconnection. So you're going to love the episode. It's warm. You'll feel like you're with us having a good old chat with good old friends. And if you want more of that, come on into Smashing Life. Just go to smashinglife.club. I will see you in there. Welcome, Emily. It's so good to have you on a podcast. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. It's funny because Emily works with us at Smashing Life, your Jewish life. Then there's I've had Emily Cohen on as a past Smashing Life member. And now it's Emily. Like, honestly, not everyone in Smashing Life is called Emily. Today, uh, yeah. it's Emily. <laughs> am I pronouncing it right? Scheinfeld? Yes. Perfect. Who is such a loved member of our Smashing Life community. She's the heart and soul, always engaging, giving, suggesting ideas, doing things, masterminding projects, just 
a ray of sunshine in our community and she's done so much in her own Jewish life since I've got to know her and grown I'd say so I thought you'd be a great person to chat to today about your Jewish life (laughs) (laughs) so sweet of you (laughs) I thought we'd just open up with like how did you come into our world how did you discover Smashing Life in our community it was COVID it was September 2020 I I think I saw the like September Rosh Hashanah party or something a couple weeks like a couple weeks long um and I don't even know how I found that (laughs) I don't know if I was already following you or if I or someone tagged it and then I started following you and then you advertised it but yeah I did that party on on Facebook in the Facebook group and so that's how I found it and then that group and that little couple weeks was like really helpful especially during covid so just to feel to connected con- just to give context that was the so basically i was very much all about smashing the glass till that point which is my jewish wedding platform and then with covid and the idea of another holiday remember the first holiday of covid was passover all zoomed up and then rosh hashanah was coming and i was just like why don't i do something big for everyone free where we can all get to know each other share our rosh hashanah plans and have a bit of an online party mm-hmm. which was this which i'm so happy emily discovered silver lining of covid because you'd have probably been far too busy to notice something like that if it wasn't and so you saw that and you you really did you join in in that initial kind of free thing or were you just lurking about or did you go oh, full, full in i think i went full in because i was like <laughs> i don't know how how am i gonna do this like we did passover and I mean, you made it work, but the COVID was going to go away and then yes. it never went away. And I'm like, okay, I, I, this is exhausting. How do I make this holiday special, which it usually is, but we're still stuck. And I was stuck in East Texas as the, it's a really small Jewish community there. And then I was stuck, not even in the city I was living in in East Texas, but 40 minutes out, outside of that with my, my boyfriend, my non-Jewish partner. <laughs> and so like, how do I do this? I've never hosted. My family always went to someone else's home and and so I jumped in I did I think there was a bingo or something and it really helped me plan because every box on the bingo board was something else to think about but also to help plan just a little bit and not to like go full force 100 gung-ho you have to do everything to make Rosh Hashanah perfect but it was just even stuff like okay well everyone's on their own have you gone shopping (laughs) like have you gone grocery shopping and that was really helpful. And to see other people's meal plans who were cooking for the first time too, that was really yeah. helpful. And it was just so fun seeing all these Rosh Hashanah plans from all kinds of people all over the world. Again, another silver lining of COVID. Mm-hmm. You just do normally what you've always done year after year, with the exception. And it was just a different way. And it, it, it was, it was, it really, it really, it was a long time ago now to think back, but it was, it was a wonderful <laughs> experience. And then off the back of that, you joined our you know, that was just a one week, two week experience to be part mm. of our world all year round, which I'm so yep. happy about. <laughs> <laughs> Up until that point, the Rosh Hashanah part, you know, like, tell me about your sort of Jewishness, because it is hard sometimes when you go into adulthood and you start doing your thing, you say you've got a non-Jewish boyfriend, so it's kind of on you maybe. Like, talk to me a bit about being Jewish in, in, in adulthood. and um, you... It's always been present. Um, I think 
well, during childhood, you're doing everything. So like, I went to public school, but my high school was 25% Jewish. You're going to Jewish camp. You're doing Jewish youth group. Um, I had to do Hebrew school three times a week until my bat mitzvah. And then they still did something after your bat mitzvah uh, once a week. So it was just kind of embedded into my daily life. In college, I kind of did it again. Like I was in a Jewish sorority. I went to Hillel once a week. And then it just kind of, I think grad school kind of let that go a little bit. Because even my young adulthood right after college, Atlanta, I was in Atlanta for a couple of years, did fun events like vodka and lakas and St. <laughs> Valentine's Day. And these fun like, what? Valentine's Day. Valentine's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and little like riffs on that on the holidays so that we could get together as a young Jewish community. But then I went to grad school and I was it just felt alone because you're just tired and you're busy and you just can't do much. But it doesn't mean that I wasn't identifying as Jewish. So like I I didn't wear a lot of uh, necklaces or anything because I just never did after I studied abroad in France. I just stopped doing it. And then I really didn't go to Hillel all that often anymore in grad school. And it just was who I was, but not really what I was mm-hmm. doing, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So like Totally, totally. And I think yeah. we underestimate in childhood also that whenever we do whatever we do with our day wherever we whoever we spend time with we come back home to a jewish home no it's not like it's kind of jewish books everywhere it's just the feeling isn't it it's the values it's the framework and then yeah and then you enter your sort of adult life and it's suddenly on us like how much of this oh but then equally it is also a feeling you know it's not just actions yeah i mean i i I almost am equating it to making friends in adulthood where in childhood, everything's built in. Yes. And then, and then you hit adulthood and you're no longer in say school and you're like, how do I do this? Yes. (laughs) How do I make friends? So how do I incorporate Judaism when it's not like, Oh, I have to hang the mezuzah. I have to, (laughs) but all my Jewish books are still at my dad's house. Like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. That's where they belong. Also. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) and did you feel like when you joined Smashing Life that you were looking for something or you just kind of like the vibe of the Rosh Hashanah party and you just thought, let's let's just stay on and continue? Both. Yeah. I don't think I realized I was looking for something in the Rosh Hashanah party, but then the party connected to me to people. Yeah. Not just as individuals, but as a community, which is what I've always loved about the Jewish community, mm. is that you're part of something whether you're doing things within it or not, you know that you're not alone. And I, like you said, it's in, it was international. So I liked knowing that in this po- point of isolation, there are people doing the same things as you mm, globally. I've got goosebumps when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked that aspect. And so I didn't realize I was looking for it except for not feeling isolated. And then I wanted to continue that. Yeah. And mm. And like you say, sort of Judaism playing, did did you say, Judaism did play a role in your life growing up? Like looking back, yeah. was it a big part of your life growing up? Yes, but it wasn't like a religious big part. Yes, yes. It's very hard to explain to it is. say my, my boyfriend, right? Because we've talked about this before where Judaism is your culture, it's your religion, your ethnicity, all these things. So I did Jewish youth sports. I lived a mile from the JCC. I went to Jewish preschool. My What part of the um, world are we talking about here? The South. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. 
uh, Atlanta has a very strong, close knit Jewish community. Like I was just joking with someone when you're in the South, you're Jewish, you're related to everybody, not mm-hmm. biologically, but you are related. <laughs> so, and then, uh, we, you know, my summer camp and my youth group and all these things were just things I did. And I, I don't know if I noticed them so much as being Jewish as just mm-hmm. something that you mm-hmm. did. And then Hebrew school, that was the only thing that was like using Jewish. quotations. <laughs> that was Jewish. Yeah. Because that's where you had to do things that yes. were like ritualistic and learning Hebrew. And-, and and so much about being Jewish isn't like doing the thing. It's just right. the values you're brought up with, the traditions, the right. the you know, the family, the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and, and like but like you say, it's quite hard to explain when people hear what I do for work they presume I'm I'm very religious you know because mm-hmm. it's a, and, mm-hmm. yeah so tell me about your relationship if you'd like to and kind of how it's played its part or hasn't or anything like with that. Judaism in general well I know or that we my... have a lot of listeners and people in our community who are maybe a Jewish with a non-Jewish partner vice versa and they're always oh. love to hear stories of what other people are doing or how they're doing it or how it's impacted yeah. your identity and, and things like that so having lived in East Texas before I met my partner I was always like the token Jew because most of the Jewish community in East Texas is older. There was so much anti-Semitism in that area that the they kind of encouraged their kids to leave. So there were the few of us that were professors at the university or in the healthcare system. I would say a hand like five of us, and the rest all had kids. So I was kind of alone in that world. Um, and and I think one of the other parts of Judaism is always the teaching and explaining and help like in bringing people in, not, not converting, but like, this is why we do this. And this yeah. is why we love this. And we did, you know, it's yeah. the whole idea of Passover, like when we left Egypt. Yeah. And so that was, it was like a natural transition to to bring him into my world. I will also say I've actually never dated a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't date forever until I was in my late 20s because I was like I have to marry a Jew so oh, I have to this date is such Jews. a good topic of conversation totally I, did, I, was totally. Like, I can't date non-Jews because I might marry them so yes. I have to, I can't I so I just didn't I didn't yes. date and then yes. I was like screw it I'm in grad school whatever and then I haven't I haven't dated a Jewish guy and then obviously so, like, <laughs> when you have that mentality and you are around a Jewish person it's not very natural to kind of just start casually dating because you're already thinking he's a Jew um right. you know so it doesn't For exactly sure. create a great start <laughs> correct um so so I should say that so it wasn't the first time I had kind of explained certain things or went to school on my own even though I was with a partner I will say he, so I was explaining things to him, bringing things in and COVID kind of set that norm to be like, okay, you have to do Passover with me. I'm not doing this by myself. <laughs> you have Brilliant. to do it with me. Where in past relationships, I would go somewhere by myself. Of course, of course. Interesting. And, and he loves every single aspect of the religion and culture. And then I love, it's so much of who I am. So that doesn't explain anything yeah, but how I mean, we do anything. It's just so lovely. <laughs> that he's so embracing of it because I guess it makes you even more in touch with your identity because yeah I don't know I mean sometimes that's what it takes sometimes to sort of really bring it out and yeah so do you do Shabbat together 
Yeah, we do. So I don't do Shabbat every week. I use Shabbat when I, well, this is probably blasphemous, but when I need light, like I yeah. want to bring light into the week or I need to punctuate a week or I'm just feeling it. Yeah. And he's all about it. Sometimes he's like, can we do it this week? Oh, um, <laughs> we, we have a mezuzah on the door. We have my Judaica. He, um, he doesn't quite grasp that Judaica is art. We've had numbers of conversations of how like, Judaica is not a Christmas tree. I mean, obviously, but <laughs> I'm like, they're functional. Like Christmas trees are That's functional true. for a holiday. And I'm like, a, a menorah is functional, but it's art. Like this is someone's art. Well, it's it's something you want to bring, <laughs> have experienced joy from just to look at even outside of, of right. Hunting. He's like, but people do that. They keep their Christmas trees year round. And we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we judge those people a little bit. <laughs> uh, unless they, you know, decorate them as ha- Halloween trees. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So we've had these like really in like deep conversations about what is Judaica? What does it mean to me? And why do people keep it out year round? How is it different than say having a Christmas tree out all year? Or how is it different than say having a collection of crosses? We do the different, you know, we do Shabbat together. He'll come to my family's Passover seders or bar bar bat mitzvahs. He still can't figure out which way the door goes. And I have to help <laughs> him. every time, every yeah. time. And, yeah. it, and he, I think he just loves the culture aspect because mm. again, Judea, Judaism for me has always been community, tradition, connecting me to my family and my past 100%. and to all these people that I know, which again, Smashing Life helped me realize this. That I, when I do this, there are thousands of people doing this too. And that yeah. connection is really important. You're never um, alone. You know, there's you're never place. alone. Yeah. Even though you might feel alone, yes. say, in East Texas when you're doing it by no, yourself. But also, even if you feel alone, which we have, you know, Emily and I have done some masterclasses in Smashing Life, sadly, about grief, because we've both experienced the untimely loss of our mothers. And even, you know, I had a day this week where I felt so alone. Uh, because I was had a day uh, where it was it was really hitting me hard and even in those times when you feel alone and you are physically alone and you feel alone mentally like if I wanted to I could have reached out to some kind of traditional ritual within Judaism that would have lifted me out you know it's Mm -hmm. it's so many it touches us and it's such a clever (laughs) yeah it's it's Um. yeah there's always something to 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 help you through life you know Mm mm-hmm even things that I know, like we didn't do Shabbat at my growing up, like lighting the candles in my house, but for some reason it still connects me to my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't, I cannot explain that in the in the slightest sense, except for the fact that that's what women do in our faith, right? And I've so heard when that my, like lighting the candles makes you feel more connected to the buried. My cousin told me that. Oh, women. interesting. I have not heard that. I just thought it was like that's the women's role, yes. and so when yes. my my cousins, my young cousins who just got bat mitzvah, but they're twins. I got them Shabbat candlesticks and, and Kiddush cups and the mm. whole card. My, my boyfriend was like, are you writing them a novel? And I'm like, no, I'm explaining mm. why, why the Shabbat stuff, because they're women and now they're women and the connection to our community. Oh, that is beautiful. And so, I mean, they're 13, whether or not they but <laughs> yeah 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 but that's why you know I mean I just went to about mitzvah and I bought her one of those charm bracelets that they all love and I'm thinking I I that's what I'm gonna buy for my next bat mitzvah present because it's it I wouldn't have thought of it it's such a lovely idea of course and she won't get it yeah. right now but 
it no, will I won't mean get so it right much. Now. <laughs> no, but it's, it's a beautiful idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful idea. So yeah. I want to talk about this. You're, you're, okay, you've got an amazing story that I want to mm-hmm. selfishly hear more about. You've started okay. something. Well, I'm going to hand it over to you to, 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 to talk about, you know, what I want to talk about and how, t- tell me right from the beginning, like, how did this even become to be a thing for you? Yeah. So I haven't introduced this in any way. I've done the really bad okay. job. So <laughs> okay. introduce this to, the, to, okay. to whoever's listening. So I started a nonprofit uh, where we rehomed Judaica to people that originally that needed it. Um, and therefore I take donations from people that need to want to get, get it out of their house. That sounds really negative, but they have so much, a surplus. Yeah. Yeah. And so we take those donations and then we rehome it to people that need it. So it started in the sense of I've been in grad school or knowing that the last location I was in was probably not going to be the last location. So I was afraid and I didn't make a lot of money. I still don't, but I didn't want to buy something that might break in a cross country move. Um, in grad school, I, I couldn't afford any Judaica that I loved. Um, so I'm, I'm buying stuff at Target, right? Which thank God they have stuff. Finally, I, I moved back home in Atlanta and I sit down. I'm like, okay, I moved into a house. We're renting. So we're gonna have to move again, but that's okay. I, I have an income supposedly. Let me go buy Judaica. And I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, you buy a couch now and then you buy decorations later. I want everything to be done now. I want to feel oh, like yeah. I'm in home in a home now. I think just because I've moved all the time and in my adulthood. So I just want it all to feel like home now. And I realized that like Seder plates are $300, $400 and everything's really expensive. So I started going to estate sales because I was like, oh, they have Judica. And I actually really like that Seder plate. So I started going and, and getting the things that I needed to fill my Jewish home with the Judica I would need. Okay, pause a minute. Pause. Yes. yes. Because Mm -hmm. if you go to what do you call them? Boot sales in America? Estate sales? I don't know. Estate estate sales? Okay. We is that that what you call them? So we call them and most of our listeners Americans. This is for the those outside America. We call them here in the UK car boot sales, because the idea is like you open your trunk and you display your stuff. But what I'm what I'm why do you that might be a that's a garage sale. Garage sale. But estate Mm. sale is when you empty a home and why, mm. why did I pause you? Because I've been to the garage sale, I've been to the cupboards, I've been to the estate. I have never, I mean, I'd be, if I saw a piece of Judaica there, I'd buy it just because I couldn't believe there was a piece. Uh-huh. My point is, do you have to be in a certain area to be able to find an mm. estate sale that's got Judaica? Like, how on earth did you find Judaica in an estate sale? Is that a normal there, thing? There's a website. It's oh, estatesales.net and I set up <laughs> an alert. you're brilliant so it sends me to it sends me estate sales nationwide like i can't go to an estate sales corpus christi i just got i just got one today and it's like "Ah, i wish i could go to corpus christi and get those judaica right but before i even figured that out they have all the estate sales because all these companies help families clear out this home whether someone has passed away whether they're downsizing whether they're just moving whether a home is being foreclosed. And so they have all these companies all on one website and they post pictures and descriptions of the of what might be at the sale. And these companies know what's gonna sell or like pull people in. 
So they put brand names, they put things that people are looking for, like Christmas decorations or Judaica. And so really, I just like go through these pictures and start looking. And then I found that you could set an alert. And I did that. So clever. So, so then I did mine, I found everything I wanted. And then what you said happened, I was like, I have to buy this because I can't leave this here. Yes. I, where, totally. does it, where does it go later? I'm just, I can't leave this here. And I started bringing home too much. And, <laughs> and it wasn't even my aesthetic anymore. But I, I can't just say like there. other prices, like nothing. They range. They range. Some will range from a couple bucks, especially if you go the last day when it's 50, 75% off to, to a lot more. It just mm-hmm. depends. So then I just kind of was like, okay, what do I do with all this stuff? Like the state sale might donate it to a charity that might be Christian, which I found out they do sometimes. Yeah. And it's just going to sit there. I started just thinking like, surely there are people like me that are in a certain stage of life, don't have a disposable income to buy all this Judaica. Like I was having to buy new business clothes because I was going back on campus and having to teach. Um, so I basically just, I was like, okay. I was going to buy it all. We're going to figure out what to do. And I figured people were like me. And then I was like, I think this is a thing. I set up a donation drive and I got like 300, no, maybe 200 items in a two hour block. How, wait, just wait, 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 what did you do? You, you I put it on Facebook. Yeah. I was like, hi, I'm collecting donati- donations of your Judaica that you may not need anymore potentially because you bought too much, you got excited, or really this is what we're also finding is our parents and our grandparents are living longer. So where in the past we would get uh, heirlooms passed yeah. down, yeah. they're holding on to it. So we're buying our yes. own. So by the yes. time they do pass away, we have our own. So now we have yes. three sets and we're just like, what do we do with all this? Yes. Posted on Facebook. I had and so obviously it was like a local, just people local to you. Uh-huh. Right? Well, the um, Atlanta area. So it's pretty yeah. large. I had people coming from all over. I held it at the JCC. So I had people from Metro Atlanta come and drop stuff off. And, and, the, it, and the thought was people are going to drop stuff off and then what? And then I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, I stored things in my garage for a while. And then I started was like, I started a Facebook group and was like, okay, I need to connect with people that might need this stuff. Um, and it kind of just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a playbook of how this happened, but I connected with organizations around the city that either work with interfaith couples, uh, people who might be converting like the mikvah, um, young couples or just young individuals people there's the atlanta jews of color council here in atlanta i got set up with them and we we went to their jewish diversity showcase and people just come by and we take and take take stuff that was a big jump i'm i apologize so i set up these rehoming events with these different organizations and and do people make a donation or something how does it work? So at first it was, if you need it, right? Like if you can't afford it. And then I was like, okay, maybe you're just in a stage of life like grad school where you might be able to afford it, but you don't want to get something fancy and you don't want to break it. And then it was, maybe you converted and you want an heirlooms, but that's not possible. So you could have it. And then it was, maybe you live sustainably and don't want to put have a carbon footprint. And then it was all of these other, like things kept adding on. And I was finally like, 
if this item also just brings you joy, it will all come around. Absolutely. Whether you make a financial donation, whether you then think of me and bring more more Judaica to me later, whether you connect me with more organizations, whatever the case might be. And that's kind of what happened. Mm. So I've gotten more Judaica donations from people. I have gotten financial donations from people. I've been hooked up with other organizations, either for rehoming or for donations. And I've gotten hooked up with, say, like the Jewish Federation or the Jewish Family and Career Services, just by people coming by and finding the whole thing fascinating. So some people do make financial donations because they're just like, wait, what? This is just free. Yeah, and also uh, makes them feel <laughs> feel good. You know, just because we can't afford a three hundred dollars soda plate doesn't mean we don't right. have five dollars. Like everybody's right. got whatever they can afford. It's right. it, it it you know it's just it does. Yeah. So I do tell them I'm like it's not an exchange, no. but if you feel like you want to give some money so that we can keep this going, feel free. But it you're not paying. I just want to make sure you know that you're not paying for this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's so that's kind of. I mean, I will say the gap between. I did the donation drive originally, the first one, right after Passover. I was like, people are cleaning. They're figuring out what they're using and not Passover using anymore. Passover 20, 21, right? It's been going 22. on 22. It's been 22. a year. Because I remember when you put something in Smashing Life asking for name suggestions. Mm-hmm. It was 22. I, what? Wow. <laughs> you a are year. amazing. Just a year. It, Unbelievable. It just. People it talk about it kind off. of everywhere, um, like, you know, random places. People are like, oh, um, the Dorva Dorja Deco will. Well, that's exciting. Yes. So so the, I did apply for a grant that we're looking to help get started in other cities. So I've talked to a couple of people in other cities so that we can give them a playbook and help them get started and have like a city manager yeah, so uh, they would be Lador Vador Judaica, but they would have their own kind of entity in their own city so that because they know their demographic, they know their geographic, where, where are Jews in their area, what are the needs in their area, who are the organizations that would benefit. So does this so. fill you with sort of passion and purpose? I mean, how does it make you feel that you're, you've started something like this? It's a lot of things going on. I think, which sounds ridiculous. One, it was out of a need. Two, it's it was started as a passion project that like just took off. And it I I, I don't think I would have ever seen it taking off, let alone this quickly. I think it it also just makes sense. It really does. For me. Well, one practically, but also just yeah, this feels right. And part of it is I've always had this love for Judaica because, and I'm going to get real weepy sentimental uh, <laughs> because as you, as we mentioned, uh, my mom passed away, but my mom passed away on Mother's Day eight years ago. Oh, and so we're, we're nearing, we're nearing that. But my mother loved Judaica, primarily menorahs and dreidels. We have a collection mm-hmm. of them in my dad's home and in my childhood home. And, I, and they were art. I mean, they're art. They're beautiful. And so part of this is also not just making sure that people have what they need. I'm using quotes, like what they need to do traditions, because you don't need these things, right? You can drink your wine on Shabbat out of a, a cup. It doesn't make it yeah. more Jewish, but it connects you to, to people. It connects you to traditions. And for me, it just 
connects connects you to your family and that community, but also can be just beautiful. Like we were talking about it, it can bring beauty into your life on a daily basis as it sits on that shelf waiting to be used. I am so excited to invite you to download the app, the number one app, I should say, for Jewish women that I founded and created. It's called Smashing Life. You'll find it on the App Store or Google Play right now. It is the place to be if you're a Jewish woman in 23. It's that simple. It's a place to ask for life advice from people who are a bit more removed from situations than maybe your immediate close group of friends it's a place to ask questions get immediate answers jewish recipes inspiration or just simply scrolling through the app seeing what jewish women around the world are all going through similar and different experiences in a time when anti-semitism is being concealed less and less it's so comforting to know that we have each other it's a safe private space where you belong most importantly there's no labels there's no judgment It's just authentic connection, a place to express yourself freely, make new Jewish friends and have fun. So download Smashing Life. You'll find it on the App Store or on Google Play and come join us. I will see you in there. It's part of what makes a Jewish home. You know, this. I love the quote that says it's a Jewish heart that makes a Jewish home. And just like you said, you don't need this stuff. You know, it is that thing about it giving you joy all year round, all week round, and then using it. And 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 the stories, like, tell me some one or two stories that you think are quite magical that have come out of the door of a door. Because it's all the story behind the Judaica that's there. I mean, not that you know the story, but has any, anything that you want to share that comes to mind that gives you goosebumps when you think about it? I do love the stories when I have them, like, like, my best friend's parents just moved to Maryland and they're like, Emily, come get some of this stuff. Like we are downsizing. So I got some pieces that they were telling me stories as they're, as I'm loading them into boxes. One of which was a holla cover from Bulgaria. I believe that my, my best friend got when she went and traveled there with a Jewish group and it was hand embroidered by women in Bulgaria in a Jewish community. And I went to this Jewish diversity showcase. I'm sitting there just talking to a woman and she's like, I need stuff for Shabbat. I'm like, Kiddush cup, candlestick, please, whatever speaks to you and makes you happy, please take it. And she was looking at the that holla cover. And I was like, let me, I don't have a long story about this cover, but let me tell you about this holla cover. And she's like, that's amazing. And I was like, it's also like, my best friend traveled across the globe with it to bring it to her parents. I love that her parents are getting rid of it. Don't like that makes me laugh hysterically, but also <laughs> just <laughs> that women embroidered this in, in a Jewish community in Bulgaria. And then my friend carried it for her parents and now it's going to you. And she was just like, she just had goosebumps herself speaking of goosebumps and just loved it. And she has said that she uses it all the time. I ran into her uh, at another event later on. She was, representing a synagogue that she is a member of and she talked about it and I was helping someone who was converting to Judaism get what she needed and she was just like this is my first Passover Seder I don't know if I'm gonna do it right and I was like there's no right just do what makes you feel right makes you feel good and uh she came back and texted me after her Seder and just telling me what it meant to just have the plate it made you feel official and again we were talking about you don't need these things 
but something about a Seder plate just makes you feel real, especially if you're, you weren't brought up Jewish and you're converting to Judaism and some people in the Jewish community might not consider you Jewish. And so sadly, yeah. And so it made her feel real. It made her feel authentically Jewish and that brought me joy. What's so beautiful is she could have gone out and, you know, like you say, on the internet, you can find some more affordable pieces. You can, you know, mm-hmm. you can find a way if you don't, not lucky enough to have Ladorvid or Judaica and you're like, right. you can buy something. But what I love is for this woman that converted, you know, Ladorvador, for anyone that doesn't know what it means, it means from generation to generation. And it's something, it's a, it's, what is it, like a Jewish phrase or something? I mean, it's, it's part of Jewish culture because that's what we do and I think that's some something that I I didn't realize quite how impactful this phrase was since uh, until my mom died and I see what I'm passing on to, mm-hmm. to my children from what I've learned yep. anyway what I'm trying to say is what's so special for this woman that converted is she could have bought something and used it and felt felt great that she had a Seder plate on, mm-hmm. on Passover but she wouldn't being a, 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 a convert a Jew by choice she doesn't have the luxury of an heirloom of someone handing down mm-hmm. something to her with a story but with Lador Vador she does she's part yeah. of the heirloom part of the Lador Vador which is such a big part of being Jewish and that's so special yeah yeah the the name like you said I posted in Smashing Life for help and uh and it it just struck, I was like, that's perfect. And as I'm writing, you know, my business plan and for proposals and mission statements and values, I'm like, this, this little door to door that you've heard all your life because it's in bless, it's in prayers, right? Like people have come up to me, they're like, what does this actually mean? I've said it my whole life in synagogue, but it carries from generation to generation in so many different ways, right? The Judaica is living from generation to generation. We are carrying stories from generation to generation. It allows us as individuals who are using the the Judaica to bring the traditions into a new generation. It just had like, every time I talk about it, it I feel like there's more meaning in the term. But yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And I like the sen- sentimental, sentimental aspect of it, what it means. And it I think it connects me to my mom a little bit more just how she introduced Judaica to me and I'm able to do that to other for other people and just connecting the the community I mean this as a whole is connecting people whether or not they realize it right well I'm almost thinking what's that thing where wait um I'm almost thinking and the next stage and it's not that you need any more overconfident you know you've got enough (laughs) going on like you could connect the previous owner with a new owner. <laughs> they like tell each other about the so, stories, the stories of their Seder plate. <laughs> that's a goal. <laughs> One of the goals is for donors, if they're able and they have stories about specific pieces, to write up their story oh, and so to special. have them printed on pieces and have them attached oh. to those pieces so that when someone takes the piece and rehomes it, they'll have the story. And that's why oh, I love that. People always ask, like, why do you have a store? Or like, can I just get it from online? Or can you just like pick me up a kiddish cup? And <laughs> again, I'm like, it's about the individual piece to me because one, people have an aesthetic. And again, these are pieces of art. 
And I want people to feel joy. And so we have these rehoming events so that people can shop for like look at all the different Seder plates and say, oh, this one speaks to me. This one brings me joy. I love this one. But then once we have the stories connected to them, they can also see which story helps that connection. Um, it's in the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, you're allowed to have ideas and goals. Yes. <laughs> so never mind this project. Maybe this project will inform your answer, but also just your own life experience and, and you know, what you've experienced in the last few years since joining Smashing Life. What advice would you give to anyone listening who's struggling to feel authentically Jewish, maybe, or, you know, doing it their way? I, I think there is just no, there's no right way. Um, I think I struggled with that a little bit at one point that you you have to do it a specific, your traditions a specific way or the prayers a specific way, the rituals a specific way, but there is no right way. Whatever connects you to your Judaism, whatever feels right, that that's, that's how you feel. That's how you live authentically Jewish. And again, it could be what we were, what I was as a child, just like engaging in Jewish sports, right? Like there's nothing Jewish about soccer, but we were with our just other <laughs> Jewish kids and living a culturally Jewish life. That was what that meant for my family. Yeah. That was, that wasn't quite a full answer, but no, it, it is. Like, <laughs> it was a very much a full answer that, you know, I think the reason so much sometimes we struggle with our identity in adulthood is maybe either we're not surrounded by it enough, or we don't know how to incorporate it, or we don't, we don't, we, you know, and it's just about taking the first step with something that fills you up, whether it's Buying yes. a challah, you don't even need to stop. But you just yeah. buy a challah if you don't have a challah, yeah. If you don't have a challah, buy shop near you, buy any kind of bread, and start maybe making a blessed for like whatever yeah. lights you up. And and there I think we look at it and be like, we have to do everything, or we're wrong. Yes, and so we do nothing. Yeah, and, and then we feel bad so... that we haven't done yep. anything. <laughs> yep, we got enough like Jewish guilt from mom about non-ritualistic stuff that we don't need all we don't need all that too. <laughs> too much and, and what role would you say smashing life played in developing your jewish identity it definitely brought a lot back to the surface which is crazy because again it happened during covid when i was alone i think it just i allowed it to take a back burner for so long not necessarily people knew i was jewish i was not quiet about it but it allowed me to wear jewish scars again it, it allowed me to be a little more vocal it inspired me to get involved in the Jewish community again once I moved to a Jewish community again. And before I moved, I had that Jewish community online so that I didn't feel alone and was able to find people. And although, you know, we don't always talk about Jewish stuff in, in the group, right? Like, oh, it that's have to not be that's about, the point. Yeah. It's right. about life. And yeah. It's about life because, again, just because you are are not doing a Jew, like, again, soccer is not inherently Jewish, but you're doing your Jewish people, which makes it fill you in a way, a Jewish way. So Smashing Life just kind of allowed the Judaism to come back out the front. <laughs> and I love you, how you've, you've met some of your fellow Smashing Lifers, right? Yeah, we, we were supposed yeah. to meet anyway. That will oh, happen. I know. It will happen. But um, no, I think everything I'm hearing from from what you're sharing is you're an action taker, yeah? You've had bit. adversity <laughs> in, in your life 
and you've you deal with it and you come come up and you not only are you you know with the grief aspect you are helping i mean emily started a little sort of little subgroup for others to to that have sadly been what's the word bereaved <laughs> all yeah. this new vocabulary to sort of a safe space to talk about it um you know sharing through through your expertise in in your career and also your your personal and just you're a giver and an action taker and it's it's just so fabulous to hear all these things that have come into your life through you your your own doing and so much more to come <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah I hope hopefully but maybe a little slower <laughs> <laughs> the door the door is gonna blow up this is just the beginning yeah I can I'm I'm so excited um oh, we will you. share we will share the links and stuff in the in the show notes and hopefully by the time okay. the episode airs if we could have a link for people that want to know more about starting in their area because yeah that that's everybody um I mean, I'm just thinking about my in-laws. They have just got so much beautiful stuff, which they're yeah. holding. They were holding on to for now, but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I've so I've seen amazing stuff. stuff that I'm like, oh my god, this is gorgeous. Mm. And also incredible. And also, they're holding on to it because they're those sort of people. They like that, not not in a selfish way. They're just you know hoarders. Under my breath. Well, there's um, also the sentimental that you're like, I don't know what to do with this. But then again, I have like 30 menorahs, so I have, I can't keep all 30. But if they knew there was something like Le Dovador, mm-hmm. they would probably gladly, you know, not hold on to stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, so much exciting stuff there. So we're going to, we're going to, because we've already been chatting for a fair bit, we're going to close up with our quick fire round that okay. I haven't told you what these questions are, but you just have okay. to go for it and, 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 and okay. you can answer with like a short answer or a story as you wish okay um what is your favorite jewish holiday and why (laughs) i like passover because it forces you to to be reminded of your judaism constantly for eight days but why is that like a fun thing to be forced to remind yourself of your judaism (laughs) i will be forced and i will enjoy this holiday because i'm being forced (laughs) Well, I do like the family aspect and everyone's like forced to sit at dinner, which, you know, it slows you down. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Do you like the I food? Do you like the... I do. I, oh, well, God. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> that does sound crazy when you have it said back to you. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I, the Judaism was in the back burner for so long that I need. I liked having it brought out for eight days. No, look, pa- Passover is a great holiday. You know, my kids <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, I've just and we've. It's probably one of the most popular answers, but I've never heard it for that oh. reason. But I love it. I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, favorite Yiddish word. Oh, beyond oi, because that's just like a standard oi oi uh, oi. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Uh. Which means, like, you're just all over the place. Like, just oh, I'm over, overdone, <laughs> overheated. I don't know. Well, it's chutzpah. is also Yiddish or chutzpah's Hebrew. Great. I don't know. Yeah, no, chutzpah's Yiddish. I have a chutzpah necklace, and the student asked me what it was, and I was like, <laughs> "Like you, you have balls. You have balls." Are you, are you wearing your love Star of David necklace? I am. I it's wear them so both. pretty on you. 
it's so pretty i love it um favorite jewish tradition oh that's hard i i love i do love lighting the candles yeah separation because because it Separating the week, whether it's a holiday or Shabbat, well, Shabbat's a holiday. And then, but it brings, it forces you to bring light into the week. So whatever's been going on that week, it's now filled with light. Mm, I love that. Um, Home-cooked elaborate Shabbat dinner or Chinese takeout Shabbat? Both. I like Mm, both, but it really mm. depends on the, (laughs) it depends on the week. Sometimes Mm. you're just like, I can't. But like Chinese food is, can't be beat, but then also like, brisket <laughs> um, do you have be, a be do you have a favorite jewish song or are you into jewish music anything spring to mind mm, i like mm, i don't know if it, i mean it's jewish is it jewish because it's matatiahu yes that, totally okay, it's on I, our jewish I, I joy love, playlist okay i love i love most of his stuff like yes. the old school stuff but just it like speaks to you and then anything any song that was used for Israeli dancing at like international BBYO programming. Speaking of Israeli, it just just brings you to like high school dorky Israeli dancing. Do you know what? I, I, there's, we've moved recently and we live near an area where, which is quite Jewish, live near quite a Jewish area of London. And there is Israeli dance classes there on Thursday evenings. And I really want to go just because I love that music. It's just going to get like you with a, I'm like for me it's you know Israeli music and just mm-hmm. I want to go I wish you could come with you <laughs> should do it coming but... to London you said you were coming <laughs> I know <laughs> you'll yell you'll at come. my students they didn't sign up for my <laughs> classes um what small thing is oh wait when you come I'll drag you what okay, small thing you. is bringing you joy lately that sounds corny but the Lador door brings me a lot of joy mm-hmm. It's a big thing. It's not a it's little a big thing. thing. I, will, I, will, I will say that. It's, it's a, a big, big thing. thing. It's such, it's almost like one of those things where you think, how come someone, do you know what I mean? Like, does nothing like this exist? Yeah. It's just. Well, after I started getting going, I found something similar in Minnesota, Montana, Minnesota. I don't know why I confuse those states, but I do. <laughs> and he's doing something similar, but yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's I think just, it was kind of focused in the area, especially in this. It's just such a great idea. I love it. And finally, if you could have Friday night dinner with any three Jewish people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I feel like Mel Brooks would be yeah. amazing <laughs> and hilarious. Oh, I don't. This is hard. Okay, so Mel Brooks because that's hilarious. I feel like they're all actors and actresses. No, I would say Golda Meir because I just want to yeah. learn about how you move to that state in as a female. Like, how do you become into that position without people just trying to strike you down all the time and not calling you names? And, but you're a you're badass. Oh, I'm gonna be. I told you I'm really sentimental right now. I would really like to have dinner with my mom again. Oh, I I was like, I was as soon as I asked the question, I knew she'd be part of your dinner, and so she should be. What a what a powerhouse trio you! And who would you like to to cook dinner for you? Are there any are there any great are there any really oh. lovely Jewish chefs that you're into, or any chefs at all? All of them. Yes, all of everyone I follow on Instagram. <laughs> All of them. I want I the Hala Prince and all <laughs> uh, Twitty. Uh, oh, yes. definitely Twitty with his kosher soul. Uh, some yes. of the recipe samplings he put in the book. 
Oh my God. All of them. They're just the infu- Jake Cohen. Just yeah. the infusion of all the different Jewish cultures is just amazing. I would, I want all of them to cook I, for me. But like, but not my mom. <laughs> my mom was not, she could not make a can of soup. So not her. Oh, <laughs> I would like to come to dinner too. It sounds like so much fun. So Emily, how has this gone by already? I want more. We, we always say this when we do something. We say, we'll do a part two. <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> yes. do a part two. We do sometimes do part twos, don't we? This has been so fun. I'm loving this series of chatting with our Smashing Life members. Just fills my heart with joy. And you can see like the energy between us. We are like old friends that I haven't met, but there's so much this. It just, I just love it. I love it. And, and I love everything you're doing and, no, thank um you. yeah so I appreciate we're... all that you've done oh thank you um so yeah so we're gonna say goodbye for today we'll come up with a part two and if you're <laughs> listening and you want to hang out with us come join smashing life it's such a cool, adorable new app as well and a new platform we've got our own safe space that's that's fun as well what i want to try and do with smashing life is a lot of jewish spaces or jewish thing it's just not really highlighting the fun and the joy in the conversations and we really try to keep it light but well it's a bit of everything isn't it i don't know how would you just a bit of everything the vibe oh it's a bit a bit of everything there's fun yes. there's joy there's yeah there's Highs deep questions there's fun <laughs> questions you got everything yeah um so emily it's life it's life it's life it's it's smashing life. Um, so i've absolutely loved today um and i normally say like where can people find you but <laughs> listen have you got an instagram i suppose this do you know what you could have an entire empire for ladorvador if you wanted to but then you wouldn't have time to actually do your job right but yeah. we're going to link to ladorvador <laughs> but for anyone that just wants okay. it where can we find more more about ladorvador um we are on facebook and instagram both ladorvador judaica you could awesome. find them we will link to those um and then i have a website ladorvador judaica.org Oh, yes. You've even got the .org there. Loving it. I do. I do. <laughs> and of course, if you want to come join me and Emily and hundreds of other amazing Jewish women like Emily, smashinglife.club, we'd love to see you there. So lots of love, Emily. It's hard to say goodbye, oh, but you. I'll see you inside Smashing Life. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for having me. If you want 30 ideas for instant Jewish joy, just go to yourjewishlife.co slash joy. It's my personal list of 30 amazing ideas to feel hashtag Jewish and proud all day, every day. They're really easy ways and it's just a wonderful little checklist. So head to yourjewishlife.co, that's .co slash joy.